This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. Cedic Run, located in downtown Grand Forks, caters to everyone. Whether you are a beginning runner or a top-end athlete, SDR has it all. Warm weather is coming, and in fact, I'd say it's almost here. So make sure that when it hits, you've got the shoes, apparel, and nutrition items that you need so that you can make the absolute best of this running season. Speaking of warm weather, what better way to enjoy it than a nice Thursday night rhombus run? Every Thursday evening, meet at the shop at 7 p.m. to get a nice run in, followed by a free pint at the Rhombus Guys Brewery in downtown Grand Forks. Another great option is the Saturday morning brunch run, complete with running, good conversation, great friends, and even better, actually the best, Dakota Don artesian waffles. That's Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. Ragnarok Athletic Club provides opportunities for athletes of all ages, events, and abilities to compete in the sport of track and field. If you're interested in competing in some summer USATF meets or just looking to get some more coaching, Ragnarok Athletic Club is for you. Hop on their social medias, especially Instagram, to find out more info. Keep an eye out. Looks like there's some summer track camps coming up and plenty of opportunities to get after it. Finally, we'd like to thank Draymond Enterprises. Draymond Enterprises. Innovation reimagined. On episode 21 of the podcast, we interview University of Minnesota pole vaulter Mike Haroff after an outstanding prep career at Dickinson High, where he set the state meet record in the vault at 15 feet 7 inches. Mike took his talents to the Big Ten Conference. You'll hear about his success on the track. We're also going to learn who Mike really is off the track. When the U of M announced its decision to cut the men's track and field program, Mike was the one leading the charge to reinstate the program. When this episode was recorded, Mike had the second best vault ever by a North Dakota native at 17 feet and a half inch. Since then, he has broken the record, jumping 17 feet, one and three quarters inches, or for you metric folks, 523. We are so excited to share his journey with you. Thanks for listening. If you're still looking to support us beyond just listening to our episodes, be sure to reach out on social media, like our Facebook page, Follow us on Instagram, like our posts, share them, tell your friends about it. We are super excited to bring you all sorts of stories, both from current athletes like Mike, but also other past legends as well. If you ever have any suggestions or advice or you want us to interview someone that you've been just dying to hear an episode on, be sure to send us a message on socials or like we always say, we're sure you know somebody that has our phone numbers. But hey, enough about us. Let's dive into episode 21 of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Anderson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rayo. And today we are kicking it with our first real guest from the western side of the state. He prepped at Dickinson High, where he set the state meet record in the pole vault at 15 feet 7 inches. Now he competes for the Gophers and is coming off a salty PR of 17 feet and a quarter. We're sitting back with Mike Haroff. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Very excited to be on here. Yeah. So... That jump, like we'll talk more about it later, but that's a huge jump. You've looked like we've looked back through your progressions. And I mean, it's about time. Like you've kind of been teasing at like a big height, like 17 feet, but just like in a couple, three words, 
the emotions that you felt after you cleared that bar? I pure joy. Like you said, it has been so long. I like, especially because indoor season didn't go like how I was hoping. I was kind of like, it was a little rough. Wasn't jumping what I wanted to like, I like needed that feeling again, like a big PR feeling. I like finally had like, I've had like kind of attempts at it, but it's been more like five fifteen, which I've jumped before, but I was like, this is it. And it's funny. Cause like, when I was in Texas, every time we've traveled this season outdoors, it's been like worse in, like it was worse in Texas than it was in Minnesota. We went down to Florida. It was like rainy and windy. So like we have not had like good luck at all. And when I was attempting 519, I like missed the first attempt and it was raining. And I like ran, I was like my coach Zach, I was like, this is it. Like if I get another attempt at this, like it's going to be the one, like I promise. And I like go back, I'm like on the runway and it starts like almost downpouring. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go. Like I I'm feeling myself, like I need to do this and ended up making it. And the meet got postponed right after I vaulted. So it was like crazy. I like sprinted over. So like all my stuff was soaked, like didn't care at all. I was just like, so happy to finally like jump in like PR. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Mike, that was a lot more than three words, but we'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> okay. The other, the other thing before we get too far into this podcast an El Sombrero shirt, that's, that's repping the hometown right there. Right. Oh yeah. Did have you, you there? I actually have one time. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty good. So did you work, work at El Sombrero or are you just a big fan? No, my buddy Felipe kind of like has taken over the restaurant. Oh, cool. And I get, every time I go back, I go there and it makes me feel horrible because like, I like try to eat healthy when I'm here, but then I like go mm-hmm. back, have to. Yep. And I saw the shirt and I was like, I need one of those shirts. So like one of my roommates, he used to be on the team, Joe Morrison. He like came back with me in the summer and we both got one and it's so comfy. So I wear it all the time. Dude, there you go. Unofficial episode sponsor, El Sombrero in Dickinson, North Dakota. <laughs> Shout out. Yep. Rep the brand. Felipe, he'll be pumped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, rep the brand even when you're out of town. I love it. Okay. We're going back through some of your background info. And it said on your U of M profile, you're a three-sport athlete in high school. So you don't just become a three-sport athlete overnight. Obviously, growing up, I'm guessing your parents threw you in a ton of sports. Is that true? Or did you kind of just specialize on a couple right away? No, I, when I was like younger, I was in like two sports kind of a season. I was in, um, like in the fall, I was in football and then they did like Hershey track, which like doesn't really count. I like ran distance, a little, little, experimented with that for a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. I was in gymnastics. We had like flag football, soccer, but I was in gymnastics for a while, I think like eight years or so when I was younger. And then baseball every summer. Um, and that's a, about it, I think. Oh, hockey. I played hockey like my whole life and basketball until I was in high school. So, and then when I got to high school, I, you kind of have to like pick because you can't mm-hmm. do all of them. So then I ended up running cross country. Shockingly, I don't know how I... I like love the sport. I loved cross country, like loved the team and stuff. And then I 
picked hockey over basketball and then did track. And then in the summer I did baseball, but it like, wasn't, didn't like technically count because it was like Legion baseball. Right. So no, that's, it's still awesome. See, it's kind of funny. I feel like you and I can relate with the cross country thing because I was a multi in college, but I did cross country in high school. Same thing because it was like the team was fun and the practices were pretty fun. The meets I didn't enjoy so much. Then we got Cam yeah. over here who's like <laughs> cross country till he dies, probably out running grass somewhere today. So I was gonna yeah. say <laughs> Yeah. Cross country's where it's at. I, I wish more people um could experience what it'd be what it's like to be on a cross country team. Uh like not surprisingly, I think a lot of people are pretty afraid of it because of the, the distant the actual cross country running aspect of it. But, you know, being part of a cross country team is just yeah, it's pretty pretty special so yeah that's cool to hear that you did that as well as all your other more explosive event you know sports <laughs> yeah and then like also pretty ironic that you go from running distance to running one of the shortest distances in track like just down the runway granted you got to do it a lot of times but yeah well hopefully you do it a lot of times in meet <clears> and <throat> you're jumping well but yeah um i don't i i think like well, it's kind of funny because like cross country, I always thought I was slow in high school and my coaches like now they're like, you run so weird. Like we need to fix that. So I actually was pretty slow. And I actually started off as a multi in my freshman year mm-hmm. and did horrible. We had the HEP at SDSU and I'll get into it later if you want. Yeah, we'd love but, to. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, you like get fatigued and stuff, but I've been like working on my run a lot and everything. And I, I kind of miss some of the distance stuff, especially in the multi, like running the thousand in the 15. Like I used to go on runs all the time, but I like wanted to keep like my explosiveness, but I feel like my cross country background, like kind of has helped me with like my endurance aspects. Cause like, I don't really get tired while I'm vaulting. Like my legs might get a little sore, but like I can vault for like a couple hours, like at practice and stuff. Mm -hmm. So definitely helps a little bit. Mike, you said, you, you did gymnastics for eight years. Uh, and I mean, you see a lot of people who do gymnastics at a younger age transition pretty well into pole vault. I think the, the guy who's leading the state right now uh, in the vault, uh, he's from my high school, Grand Fork Central. I'm pretty sure he had, you know, a, a gymnastics background. Um, was that kind of the sport you were best at when you were younger doing a lot of different sports? and like, did you know that maybe it would transition when you started vaulting in high school or whenever you started? Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't think that it would maybe like transition, but I like love gymnastics. It was one of my favorite like sports growing up. And I used to like go, the person that like worked, it would get mad at me. Cause like if my sister or brothers had like a basketball game, I would like kind of sneak into the gym, gymnast thing and like kind of join a group. And they'd be like, we're not, like, you're not paying for this. Like, you can't just, like, join the groups. (laughs) So I was just like, fine, like, whatever. So um, definitely, like, loved it. And I think it kind of just, like, pole vault sparked, like, the, I don't want to say, like, flips, but, like, the intense kind of, like, acrobatic thing. It was kind of, like, another way to do, like, gymnastics. And just, like, body awareness is so important in pole vault. So, like, it definitely gave me, like, a huge advantage I think like going over the bar and like knowing where my body's at in the air which I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people that start and don't have a background gymnastics like really struggle with like 
the form once you're like in the air. So it definitely, I think helped a lot. Mm -hmm. So when was the first time you picked up a pole vault pole? In seventh grade. So um, they, a lot of places start, I think freshman year in high school, but Dickinson starts in seventh grade. And I I, want to say most North Dakota schools start in seventh grade. But I was like telling my parents, I was like, I want to try it so bad. Went to my first practice and I ended up getting like this like really weird like stick I found in my backyard. It was like pretty like thick, but I would just like pull vault like over boxes and stuff because I like loved it so much. And you and had this is, uh, this is when you're in seventh grade. You found a stick in your background or before that? No, it was like when I first vaulted in seventh grade, I was like, uh-huh. I love this. And so I like found something in my backyard, was jumping over boxes a bunch because you had to clear, I think, like four feet to like go to a meet. And I remember being like so nervous for it. I was like, mom, like if I don't do this during practice, like I can't travel, like I, I can't pull vault. So I was like measuring it in my backyard. I was like, okay, I can clear it. I can do this. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you, I mean, you had some exposure to track and field before you joined with older siblings, right? I mean, your sister went and competed at the U of M as well. So you, you were kind of familiar with the track scene and everything before, right? Yeah. Um, I would go to my sister's meets a lot. She was a beast. Um, in high school, she did super well. She like went to the trials when she was at the U of M. Mm-hmm. She was a really good heptathlete. Um, definitely like one of my biggest inspirations. She like worked so hard and just grinded like all the time. Um, so she definitely is kind of like helping me like I like push myself kind of to kind of like be on that level because she did like everything right and was super successful. Um, but yeah, I like loved watching track. I'm a huge track nerd now. I'll watch like meets for like seven hours. Don't care. Like love every second of it. I'm sure you guys are the same way. I like sure. check results constantly. And I mean, like, if you're not like that, like nobody wants to sit at a track for like five hours. You're like, <laughs> I don't know what, if these times are good or not, but it's like, yeah, I, I'm like a huge track nerd now. Dude, that's awesome. So did you clear four feet at the first meet then? You must've gotten to travel. Did you clear it? Do you remember? I did. I Let's did. Go. I was so pumped. It was at like our <laughs> practice. So it's a big stepping stone. Yeah, no, and that's (laughs) so cool. So you get the exposure in seventh grade. And then at what point did you know that you were good at pole vault? Because to be honest, Mike, I don't think I heard about you until the end of your senior year when it's like, this guy is going to go after Brock Larson's state record. When did you start to figure out, okay, I'm pretty good at this. This is my event. So I pole vault's weird because like you have to jump a certain height and like when you're when you're maturing the heights kind of just like come you know Mm -hmm. so like I think when I was like a sophomore I jumped 13.6 and I like went to a bunch of camps and it's like what I wanted to do in college but I didn't know like actually how good I was and like at the camps they're like if you jump around like 16 feet you can go d1 or like if you jump like 15 six like you can go d1 and I was like I want to do that so bad but I'm only jumping like 13 or whatever so um I think like sophomore year I I put so much time into it in general but that's when I like really started like I like love this sport I want to do it when I'm older 
I would just mature, get faster and stronger. I like started lifting a lot and it kind of like came, I think I, like I won um, my junior year, but I only jumped like 14.9. And then um, that's when I was reaching out to coaches and everything like that, which was huge for me. And then, yeah, I mean, 14.9, your junior year is like average. And that's kind of why I was recruited as a multi as well. And then my senior year, I put so much time into it and then jumped 15.7, which was huge. So. Mm-hmm. And before we get into specifics, I feel like there is just such a stereotype between high school vaulters. It's like you show up to the meet, you jump for the most part, and then you just like kick it back on the sidelines. Everyone's super laid back. Did you fit that vibe? Like, did you fall into that niche? Um, uh, I want to say no, but I, I want to, yeah, kind of. I would like, <laughs> I would like sit while like right before I'm vaulting, like eating fruit snacks and like chilling out in the sun, just enjoying my day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like I did, I did run like 300 hurdles. I threw jab. I ran like the four by four, the 400. So I like, I was kind of like doing stuff, but I definitely like do fit the vibe of just relaxing. And Mm -hmm. See, that's so funny. You say that I teach high school science and I was pushing my kids to go out for track. And what I told them was, here's the thing. Even if you don't like running or don't like throwing, like there's an event for you. But on top of that, what better way than getting out of school early getting to go put in, I mean, if you run a 400, you put in 60 seconds of work, hopefully not that much time, but put in a little bit of work and then you just get to kick back and relax all day with your friends. So. Yeah. No, no, I was, yeah. The more you talk about it, the more. (laughs) I think, I think we, we probably all were to a point. (laughs) Yeah. We all, yeah. We all had one meet that like our coaches only put us in one event and the goal was so that we could compete like really hard and have a big PR in that event. But then we just used that meet to like chill out. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like, I bet it completely backfired most of the time. My, my brother is in, he's a sophomore in high school right now. And I've gone to a couple of his meets and I feel like every time I, I get to the meet and I see him, he's always he's standing up and he's got his camera. He's got like a camera and he's just taking pictures. And I'm like, Quinn, don't you, I mean, you got a race coming up, man, don't you? He's like, yeah, we'll sit down. Well, I'm going to cheer for my, my teammates. And then I'm going to, you know, and then I see him walking around just like, you know, it's like, yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there's there to have a good time. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, okay. So tell, tell us about that jump then. Like, chasing that record your senior year you said you put in a lot of work what did it look like in the off season leading up to your senior track season yeah so um I think I started like training more so probably around hockey because we would lift and then I was like kind of getting some explosive work through that but like right when hockey was over I'm like it's vault season like this like is what I really want to do so I would like go to camps during hockey season. I kind of talked to my like hockey coach and he was good with it. Um, Cause I was like, this is what I want to do in high school or in college and like high school hockey. I'm sorry, but like, it's not as important as like my future. Mm-hmm. So um, I like put in a bunch of work. I would go to the track a lot. 
Um, mainly I would lift and do like just pole runs like on the streets. Um, our college track was open a lot. So like I couldn't, it was kind of a bummer because I couldn't really vault during the summer, which I think that's kind of like when a lot of kids get um, like a bunch of reps in just because like they wouldn't put the pit out. And I know it's a struggle for a lot of high school kids um, to be able to like vault. So I like talked to our AD. I was able to kind of get inside and train a little bit and get some jumps in. But mainly the thing I would do is go to competitions randomly that I could find in like December, January that were indoor like college meets and I would like go jump at them. Mm -hmm. Um, so there, yeah, there really wasn't too much stuff to do besides like lift and just try to get stronger and faster. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I remember this one meet that we went to my cousin Garrison, he vaults at Nebraska and we were like a, a duo. Like I love vaulting with them. They would come to some of our meets and like, we would just geek out about pole vaulting like constantly. Mm-hmm. And one day after a hockey game in Dickinson, we entered a meet in Nebraska because we wanted to qualify for indoor New Balance Nationals and you had to jump like 15 feet. Uh-huh. So our, our hockey game got done at 8.30 or something like that. And I like right away hopped in the car with my dad. We drove like seven hours to this small town in Nebraska. I like slept in the car, booked a hotel, got there at like 2 a.m. And I had to vault at like 9 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> and I was like, who does this? Like, no, nobody should have to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to go so bad and you need a mark to uh-huh. do it. And thankfully, both of us somehow ended up jumping 15. I think Garrison might've jumped like 15, six or something like that. So we wow. both qualified and we were just ecstatic. Cause I was like, that's literally all I wanted. Like the trip was worth it. And then we ended up going to new balance later that um, season. So yeah, just kind of would venture out as much as possible. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I, I didn't even think about, you know, the, the limitations that you would have as a pole vaulter needing, poles and a runway and mats and uh i mean in grand forks they do they do a pretty good job of they have like an elevated runway for indoor stuff that they set up in the winter and uh the central and red river they they train together for pole vault and they just they do a really good job of like making those things available to people even in like the summer um but yeah for like a distance runner I, I can go for a run whenever I want, you know, or a sprinter, you can do intervals or lifting, but yeah, that, that's so interesting. Is, where is your cousin from? Is he from down He's in from Nebraska? Sid- Sydney, Montana, actually. Okay. So that's why he would come to some of our meets. Cause it's just, I think they would come to like a couple of our home meets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was super nice. Dude, yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool to have a family member who also, you know, vaults in the big 10 against you yeah well it's also cool because um my his younger brother carter hughes he's a thrower at the university of minnesota with me so yeah so his brother my cousin is on the team as well so it's kind of like a little trio we got going on which has been really cool yeah dude that is so awesome that it runs in the family is that sorry ryan is that connection is that connection like uh like your parents, did your parents do track or like how, I don't know. It's just like cool when you get uh, like track is a pretty highly participated in sport, but when you get you family members that are that high caliber, like, yeah, I think that's yeah, what you're exactly. trying to say. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's weird because, like, none of my other family members, like, cousins, not many of them are in. Like, a lot played basketball. Some played volleyball and stuff like that. But um, it's my mom's brother. And my both of my parents were in track. My dad was a football player and threw at um, Dickinson State University. And then my mom played basketball, volleyball, and track, I think. I think she did all three. Wow. Which is kind of aggressive. <laughs> I, I don't know how she did that. <laughs> but, um, and then I don't know about Garrison and Carter's parents, like my aunt and uncle. I don't think they, they might have, but I don't know if they did it in college or not. Huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's just like cool stuff for me to like, to think about. I mean, you know, like with the Ingebrigtsons, like I, I think that's so cool. So you know, the, cool. The three, three brothers just all at like a world-class level. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's other like families that, or like, uh, like Centrowitz, like his dad and then him both being, you know, I, I just think those stories are so cool. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's finally get to it. The 15, seven jump that you had at the state meet. So, I mean, first of all, we were both teammates with Brock. So to be honest, one of the things I remember is, dude, this guy's trying to be Brock's record by just an inch, like go for it, dude. But Tell us that process leading up to the state meet. You would jump 15 feet to qualify for New Balance indoors. Did you get close to 15-7 throughout the rest of your senior season? Or was that like kind of a big jump at the state meet? Like you were just feeling yourself? Yeah. So um, early in the year, I actually wasn't really going for like the state meet record. I think I actually got like interviewed after and they were like, Oh, you have the state record. I was like, no, I don't. It's 16 one. Like you like got that wrong. And they were like, Oh, the state meet record. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But I like, I didn't know. I think my coach told me, but then I was like, whatever. But so leading up to it, I was jumping around like 15 ish. Our school record was 15 two. I think, or 15-1, and that's mainly what my goal was. I was like, I want to beat our school record, and that was like, through all high school, that was like my only goal. I was like, I want 15-2, I want to jump it so bad, and I ended up jumping it like my junior year summer, Um, and then kind of my outdoor season was kind of like hit or miss. I was like jumping consistent, but I wasn't like, I was more so just attempting our school record constantly, and then we had a meet in Williston, and I ended up jumping, I like got on a stiffer pole that I've never been on and ended up jumping 15 five. Mm-hmm. And that was like the new school records. Cause I jumped in the summer. So it didn't really count. Mm-hmm. And then um, we threw it up to 15 seven and I ended up clearing that like double PR that day. And it was like two weeks before state track. So I was like kind of in the zone. I was like, I was like, thank God. Cause it kind of like came right at the perfect time, but I was never like really going for like any specific record otherwise because I was only jumping like 15 two ish attempting like 15 threes so like it was mm-hmm. never something that was like oh I'm gonna I'm, and I'm like a pretty realistic person I'm like I'm not just gonna like randomly jump 16 two or whatever probably mm-hmm. so um and then at the state track meet I actually I just got done with the 300 hurdles 
I was not feeling myself during vault. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I qualified for like the finals in 300 hurdles and I, I stutter stepped the first hurdle. I have a video of it. Horrible. Almost came to like a stop. And mm. I was like, I'm not running this race and not finishing at least top eight. Cause that like, I'm not wasting this energy because vault yeah. is like, they're warming up right now for it. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be at the same time. And so I ended up coming back, diving over the finish and like beating one kid. So I took eight. <laughs> so like so pointless. I was like, it was horrible. But then for some reason, like, I don't know what my coach was doing, but like a golf cart came and picked me up and brought me over to vault. And I had like two warm up jumps and then the competition started and I was like exhausted. So I was like, this is not going to go well. I think I came in at like 13, six missed my first two attempts. I was like, I'm going to no height at the state meet. This is going to be horrible. I was like freaking out. And it was super cool because there was a bunch of people that came to watch, like all my family came and there was just like a lot of people like on the side watching vault. I ended up clearing it. I was like, thank, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I made, then it, I kind of started coming back to me. I like cleared 15 and then somebody was like, I think my coach was like, hey, the state meet record's 15.6. So we put up to 15.7. I was like, okay, I've made this before. Just like relax. Ended up having just like one of my best vaults um, that year and ended up clearing it. And it was crazy. It was, I was really happy. And then when we put it up to 16.1, like you said, I like this kid's attempting the record. I honestly <laughs> like I think I, I would have needed another poll. I was like, I don't think I'll be able to clear this. I just kind of put it up. I was exhausted. So I was like kind of ready to be done. Obviously mm-hmm. tried as best as I could, but didn't really think I had that much of a chance on it. It wasn't not like some crazy good jumps, but. I don't remember if I was watching you when you cleared that 15-7 bar, but I do remember I was there watching the opening height and you, yeah, you took three attempts at it and everybody was there knowing like, this is the stud, like this guy's the real deal. And he's probably going to know height. I just remember your third attempt, everybody held their breath. Like there was this audible, everyone breathed in and he made it. It was like, okay. So I know I, my, I like went up to my dad and my coach. I was like, I am never doing that again. I like, I hate third attempts and I'm pretty consistent. Usually like I'll usually like make the first bar until I'm like close to a PR or whatever so I was freaking out and they were like oh you looked like so calm I was like no I was not I I was tweaking (laughs) I was so scared but thankfully it all worked out where did they have the pit set up was it inside Um, in the bowl or did they have it kind of out by where they throw the javelin yeah it was outside in the wind I don't know if you need to know but like the wind was coming from the west Mm mm-hmm the pit was set up right behind that building where they have like where they sell t-shirts and where there's yeah. like the locker rooms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I got a phone call. Oh, oh you're good. You're good. Turn I, off. yeah, I wish I, I did. Did that like bother you that it was kind of like outside away from like in the, would you have rather been in the bowl or did that really, I suppose in the moment, oh. you're probably not like thinking about it. No, I mean, because it was in the middle my junior year, and I love it because, like, I mean, like, everyone's there. Like, everyone loves, like, the like the energies. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to be outside. There's not going to be much people watching. And 
there was like no wind that day really i don't think and sometimes it'll swirl um in the bowl so they Mm -hmm. moved it outside because it was like just strong enough um but it ended up being fine i like I just love that facility in general. So vaulting outside didn't really bother me. I mean, like, I wish I maybe could have been inside, but if it was because of the wind, then I was totally fine with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we kind of get into like your transition to college, you're competing for the university of Minnesota right now, a very weird year in general with COVID obviously, but there's also been a lot of stuff going on at the university of Minnesota. If you're a track and field athlete. So just kind of talk us through the initial feelings of when they announced that they were going to cut the program. And for our listeners that don't know, uh, the Board of Regents decided at one point that they were going to cut the men's track and field program. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but outdoor track got reinstated, but not mm-hmm. indoor. Yeah. Um, initially, I was like, it was kind of like some disbelief because like all my roommates were in the house and we all hopped on the meeting and I was like just starstruck I like didn't even know what to say I like went downstairs my eyes were just like wide open I was like how like who cuts a track team like that doesn't happen very often I didn't know that they were gonna do it at all and I yeah I have was like super sad and like depressed kind of I like called my parents and was like bawling on the phone and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do like I wanted to be here for a fifth year and I like don't want to transfer anywhere else and yeah that was kind of like how it all started it was pretty crazy I mean initially there there was obviously that shock and then slowly you you hear more information and oh maybe you know, maybe they, they'll bring the the team back. Maybe we're just going to get track and no cross country. Uh, how did, as you were like going through that process, how did your like kind of perspective or outlook change about the team or about what the decision that they came to in the end? Yeah. Um, well, actually like the day after the, they kind of snuck it in to kind of like get rid of it not have a lot of controversy into the board of regents meetings. So like a bunch of us called and we're like, you need to postpone this. And because it was so short notice, mm-hmm. cause nobody knew about it until the day before, even the board of regents, they like had no idea that it was even a possibility. So um, myself and a few of the cross girls in my grade, like started making petitions. We made a Facebook page, Instagram, and we kind of like took everything and I want to say like we were kind of like the head of it honestly we like met with alumni and talked to them a bunch we sent letters to the board of regents we hosted a march that I was able to speak out which was a really cool experience that over like 300 and like 50 people came to through campus Mm -hmm. and um kind of through it I was didn't want to like lose hope but I was like there's I like can't believe they would cut this, but I don't understand like how we can reverse it, honestly. But we did like as much as we could. We like looked into a bunch of data at the university. Like, I think I was like glued to my computer for like the three weeks that we had. We didn't have too much time, but it felt like three months. It was mm-hmm. kind of horrible because we did like so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually went to the Board of Regents meeting and I, me and my roommates 
drove around to their houses, which I think is a little sketch. I'm not sure if we were like really <laughs> supposed to do that. But we found their addresses and like we had the whole team write letters to them and like hand delivered them and like spoke to them just so they saw like that face to face, like this is like somebody's actual like life and you're kind of like taking away like these opportunities. Mm-hmm. And going into it, we thought we had them. Like they were kind of on our side. We were in contact with a few of them through the whole thing. And we had a five to seven vote no to cut the teams. So we thought we were going to have it. And there was a couple swing votes that we weren't sure about, but we're like, ah, like we think it's going to go our way. And we got into the meeting and the day of in the morning, our AD changed the proposal and added outdoor to kind of persuade the regions that like, oh, you're not cutting everything. Like you could save like the outdoor team. And we were all just like sitting there, like, how is this, how can you even do that? Like it's literally the morning of this meeting and one of the regions didn't even know that they were changing it. And they voted to keep the outdoor season. And we, I like kind of felt, like it was kind of like a failure, honestly, because I was like so hopeful going into it. I was like shaking, sweating the whole time. It was like mm-hmm. we were there for like four hours while they were like doing all their other stuff. But um, I kind of like came to the conclusion that like we were able to like save some of the outdoor, like the jobs of like some of our coaches and stuff. I was like super pissed, honestly, because I felt like I tried to do like so much and it was over. But um, I've kind of like, I'm staying here now for a fifth year and probably a sixth year. See if my body stays intact. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I've kind of came to a conclusion. I'm, there's like some hope of me, like maybe thinking indoor would come back in like a year or two, just because like other schools have been like bringing them back. And then you can kind of like um, raise money for an indoor team and like compete at two meets and then you can compete at big tens. So like there is some possibilities, but I'm kind of like, it was so much work while I was going on. So I've kind of like taken a little break. Yeah. There, there's just so much shadiness surrounding the, the whole situation. Cause I mean, like you were explaining, like the initial proposal was to cut uh, like indoor and outdoor. Right. And then so you guys were talking to these people saying, don't, you can't vote for this. You can't vote for this. And then right at the last second, they're like, oh no, the proposal is to cut just indoor. And then they're like, and so then they all switch their votes to, to quote unquote, save outdoor. But it like wasn't what you guys were asking for. And, and the whole premise of it was like, they, they were trying to save money, you know? And, and if you still have, it's just so dumb. Cause like, you have a men's team and a women's team. So all share facilities and share equipment and stuff. And so like what it, I, I, I mean, you, you probably know way more, you've heard all this more than anybody else. Cause you obviously kind of led the fight, but yeah, hopefully at least somebody, I mean, I'm, I know people who are like standing up for their programs are being, being heard. Uh, the Clemson track team just got reinstated. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just reinstated 48 entries uh, into the West and East prelims today. So, I mean, people are, people are noticing 
that cutting these track opportunities are having an effect and people are like speaking up because uh, they mean they mean a lot so yeah, uh, yeah that, that's super cool to hear that you you got behind that and really kind of drove the I don't know, push the ballot on on that effort. So good for you, Mike. That's that's yeah, really cool. It, it was a cool experience, honestly. I was kind of going into it blind, but definitely like learned a lot along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we're gonna kind of back up just a little bit. You had mentioned earlier your sister Jess went to the U of M. She was an All-American, and Cam and I actually were at the 2016 trials, and I remember watching her. And did that play a big influence in you deciding to go to Minnesota or what did your recruitment look like after you jumped 15, seven or were you already yeah. committed at that point by the state track meet your senior year? I was committed already. I committed mm-hmm. in November, I think. Yeah. My junior year, or it was like early my senior year. Mm, so okay. like in the fall and I was looking at UND, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and then, like, a smaller school in Illinois. Um, I just knew one of the coaches super well. He used to coach at Mary. I can't remember his name. He was the pole vault coach there. Cool. Um, but I kind of wanted to get out of the state. I was going to reach out to NDSU and maybe take a visit there. But I just, like, ended up not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was very close to going to Wisconsin. I liked the school a lot. I really liked the coach, Nate Davis, and um, just, like, the whole atmosphere of the school. But in Minnesota, I, like, loved the facilities, loved the coaches, the team. And since my sister did go there, I was able to watch some of her meets. I, like, actually knew the coaches, like, super well kind of going, like, before. Because my, my parents, like, my dad is, like, very close with them and still is and like comes our meets and just like bullshits with them like constantly (laughs) and I'm like Mm -hmm. okay I I don't know whatever but um I think it did play a little bit of a role but I kind of like really wanted it to be my decision and should kind of be everyone's own decision when going there Mm -hmm. but I just like felt at home and I really like the school in general so and I think like within the first like couple weeks of going or like being in school, I was like, I definitely made the right decision. Like, I love it here and I still do. So, and even with the team getting cut, I was like looking out to other schools and I was like, I do not, I like don't want to go anywhere else, honestly. So um, definitely, yeah, I made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about it when you just like, when you know, you know, it's cliche, but when you're in the right place and it feels good, it's hard to imagine yourself going anywhere else. Yeah. So how about then the transition? Like you had mentioned earlier, multi, you're coming in, maybe thinking about the multi. And yes, you did compete at South Dakota State at that really early December one. And I don't know, like I looked at your score. It wasn't bad. No, don't look at Tifers. I've been trying to get that deleted. I don't know who I should talk to, but I need that. I need those deleted. It's been up on my screen the whole time, man. (laughs) Well, don't don't read the times. If people want to look me up, they can, but... Um, I'll, I'll just get into the story. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so, um, going into it in the fall, I, like, I trained so hard in the summer and my coaches, right when I got back to school was like, we want you just to be a pole vaulter. And I was like, I worked like so hard this summer, like my event, like I'm going to be a lot better in like all events. And like through the fall training, they were like, wow, you have been like doing so much better. 
um, let's try a meet at SDSU and then see how you do and then we'll make the decision. I was like, okay, cool. And like a month before or like a couple weeks before I did like a workout and for some reason like my back tensed up in my leg and like was really bad at it. I couldn't even run. I was like doing like a fast workout, whatever. So I took a little bit of time off. And my coach was like, okay, well, this is like where we want to make the decision. So like, we're still going to have you run at the meet and do a multi. And I was like really excited about it, but like could barely run, like could, couldn't really vault or whatever. Mm-hmm. And first event, this is the time, this just gets me the 777 in the yes. 60. Yep. <laughs> I tripped twice out of the blocks. <laughs> and was so embarrassed like I've never like actually been embarrassed during a track meet I like didn't want to look at anyone I was like mom and dad like you guys should go home like I don't this is not this is not gonna go well um and then just like the other events like we're not going good I vaulted from like a four step and I was like I'm not even gonna lie I was like crying during it because I was in so much pain because mm. of my back and stuff and I ended up getting done which I think my score I guess I'll I think I was like a 4,300 something 4,301 to be specific wow okay (laughs) (laughs) I well I I got back and got x-rays and I had Mm -hmm. three stress reactions in my back a torn a torn labrum in my hip and like some like weird discs in my back I can't like degenerate discs in my back and then like I like strained my SI joint in my like butt. So I was like, when I tell you that I'm like embarrassed because I shouldn't have done it, like I I could do so much better, I promise. But I was in so much pain. I like couldn't even like bend over and like pick up my pole while I was vaulting. And I was like Mm -hmm. crying the whole time. It was horrible. And then I like got done, went into my coach's office like on Monday. And I was like, so we're done, right? And he's like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you're going to be done. And that is when I was fully a pole vaulter, which I kind of was anyways, like by far mm-hmm. my favorite event, like love it. Um, I'm really happy I did make the transition because my body is kind of like kind of have to take it a little easy here and there even now. Mm-hmm. So definitely the right call, but that sophomore year multi will forever haunt me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who you talk to on Tfers about that, but it needs to be deleted or I just need to I was like talking to my coach I was like let me run a 60 like gnar like next like home meet just to get that off yeah. my score like please yeah uh, it's, it's pretty funny like you look at the top of the first page that pops up and it's like is Marks and you're like how is this guy at Minnesota and then you see like 17 foot vaulter and you're like oh okay yeah okay there we go I I hate it so much I, <laughs> I think it's a requirement to have a couple Easter eggs in your tefers or a, a couple, like whatever you want to call them, a couple just goose eggs in your tefers oh, yeah. account. For the distance runners, it always happens when like uh, somebody else, like you're entered in a race at like Drake or something, but then you give somebody else your bib and they actually run it and then they run terrible. So then you have like a, a 205, 800 on your TFERS <laughs> that you didn't actually even run. Yeah. That, that's what always happens with distance runners. <laughs> and, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. But, yeah. Except for me, mine's just like right on top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
That's horrible. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, besides that multi, like when we look at Tifers, it's quite impressive because you've put together such a nice progression over the last several seasons, going from being a 15-7 vaulter in high school to, uh, like we said last week, jumping 17. So what do you think has been that, like the X factors since you've gotten to college? What's been so much different or is it just physical development and maturing or is there something different you're doing now compared to high school or what's been the big driving factor behind your progression? Yeah, um, I think like obviously just kind of being at a D1 level kind of like gives you like another drive. I mean, like I have some like amazing teammates that are really good and just like competing against just like some of like the top athletes around the nation, like definitely drives me. And I feel like I'm pretty like self-motivated. So I'll like be like, Oh, this person in the big 10 jumped this, I need to jump that. But mm-hmm. um, I just like took pole vault super seriously. I mean, it was like something that I love to do. I love to compete. And I think over the years, I have just like tried to kind of one up myself. And I think the indoor season that I said didn't go super well was the first season that I didn't PR during like a track season. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I just like, like toughness, I would get a little quicker and like fix some things. But um Overall, I think I just like took it really seriously, always tried to compete my best and sometimes would, I don't know, just kind of happen. But yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Now I did a little bit of digging and from what I can tell your 519 jump and for those people that like hearing it in feet, 17 feet and a quarter inch. I believe that's the second best jump all time by a North Dakotan do you have any idea who the first one is? No. Is it Brock? Did Brock vault in college? He did. He ended up jumping, I believe, 16-6 in college. So it's not no. Brock. Who is it? Andy Lilliard. He is from Jamestown. He was a multi at NDSU from he would have graduated the year right before I got there. And to be honest, I think I have his T first page pulled up right now too. Yes. So he graduated in 2014. So in high school, get this, he was only a 14-6 jumper. And by the time he left college, and he's a heptathlete, keep in mind, jumped 522. So 17-1 and a half. Wow. So from what we can tell. That's awesome you are the second best jumper ever from North Dakota. Now, maybe I'm missing someone. I did look at the all-time top 10, and the names that I was able to search didn't add. They went on to compete. Like the guy that's got the third best mark of all time, Chad Oley from Minot, he jumped 15-6 in 1990. He actually went on to be a multi at University of Iowa, but did not jump too much higher. I think maybe he jumped 16 feet. So, dude, you're knocking on the door, man. Interesting. Okay. Now I got something else I got to, that's a motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, um, it's funny. Cause I, well, cause the region, did you hear that regionals? They just, uh, released that they're allowing 48. Yeah. Yeah. I actually yeah. didn't know that until Cam mentioned that here, like just a couple of minutes ago, but yeah. I called my parents right away. Cause I was like 36, I think, or 32, like last week. Now I'm 36. 
Mm-hmm. And that should go. It like goes like every year, like 515-ish, 511 goes every year. Mm-hmm. And the progression, we were trying to go to uh, regionals. My coach is making the progressions. Maybe I should try and tell her to do 23. There you go. Dude, that would be awesome. Yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to see you take Just down a centimeter. that record. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, there, you broke Brock State meat record by an inch, break Andy's record by a centimeter. Dude, <laughs> That's right cool. On. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, we hope that you can chase that the rest of the season. And yeah. Regions is obviously on the brain. Like, what are some other goals you hope to accomplish here as our outdoor season kind of winds down? Um, I... For Big Ten specifically, I don't know what happens to me, but every Big Tens I've competed at, I take ninth. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I either vault bad and take ninth or vault decent and take ninth. And it's happened three times. So I or yeah, I think three times. And this Big Tens, I if I just relax in vault, I want to finish top five. I want a medal so bad. It's mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, obviously who wouldn't, but, um, I think I just need to like relax. And that's like a huge goal of mine is just to compete well at big tens. And usually I do compete well at like bigger competitions, but like, for some reason, I've just like gotten so in my head about like that meet and whatever that it stressed me out a lot. And then also I haven't really just like, I haven't really looked at everything, but at regionals, I, I know you have to jump high to make nationals, but I want to like at least like attempt to PR or um, like compete while I'm there, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just like go and be like, oh, whatever. Um, so I haven't really picked out like a height exactly what I would want to jump there, but when I go into nationals, it's like my like all time like goal. So um, hopefully that's in the future, but just have to wait and see. Yeah. That's awesome. The, the pole vault is pretty cool right now for like the area. Uh, Cause obviously, I mean, you, you're ranked like 36 and then there's like five or six uh, other guys from like South Dakota and South Dakota state uh, who are, or maybe it's like four or five of them. And then uh, like Kansas and uh, Nebraska and I don't know it's just like it's kind of cool the Midwest have, like, is kind of killing it yeah 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 it's just uh, I I wish I kind of wish sometimes we could get back to um, more like regionalized competitions and less of like you know that I mean conferences are generally you know like regionalized but um, yeah I, I just think it's cool when people who are geographically close together are direct competitors it, it just makes for like good rivalry and and good storytelling uh mm-hmm. you know which yeah. i think is great for the sport so no yeah i would love when like ndsu would come to our home meets like for the jack johnson and stuff and then yeah. we would always go to sdsu as our first meet like mm-hmm. early december it's like stuff like that i like love to do and yeah. just because of covid it's like strictly big 10 which has been a bummer but hopefully next year it'll kind of loosen up a little bit yeah yeah that would be that would be great yeah dude before we let you go just a couple hot take questions for you so the first one shout out to your boy felipe at el sombrero but you show up (laughs) they don't have them (laughs) you show up after 
you're done competing this season. You sit down for a meal at El Sombrero. What are you ordering? Strictly, no question, P5. Have you ever had it? Dude, I think that's the thing I had that's when the only I was thing, there. Okay, that's like the only thing people get. They, yeah. The menu is like four pages, but it's the only thing on the menu. Trust me, P5, large queso to go with it. And what do you? Yeah. what is the P5? Jog my memory. Literally just rice and chicken and then queso dribble, like drizzled over the top. So then you get another queso with tortillas. So then you can like make a little taco and like dip it in the queso. It's, uh, it's legendary. It's so good. I've gotten it for like five, like over five years, like seven years straight. And I've been there like probably like 200 times. Never gets old. They, they don't, I feel gross, but they don't even need to ask you anymore what you want. Oh, it, it literally like, hey, got Mike to the point Stewart. where they would see me and they would be like, my cousin and I would go in and they would bring us two mellow yellows, two large quesos, two P5s before we even like anyone came to our table. Yeah. It was like, it was like actually insane. <laughs> I like didn't understand. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's great. Okay. Second hot take question then. Have you always been known as Jess's younger brother? Oh, okay. <laughs> when, I was a, when I was a freshman, yes. Mm-hmm. Because Jess, she was an assistant coach on the team the year before I came to University of Minnesota. So they were like, Jess, oh my gosh, your like little brother is coming. It's like people would call me Mikey. And I was like, I don't know you. And I'm like 18. Like, why are you, why are you calling me this? And so I was referred to um, as Jess's younger brother for like probably my freshman year mostly. And then people that didn't really know me, they're like, oh my gosh, that's Mike's or that's Jess's younger brother. And I was like, hey, like you can come talk to me if you want. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but it, it has slowed down for sure. But yeah, well, I mean, when you start jumping 519, like, you start making a name for yourself. So finally. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one, you know, this is a North Dakota episode. It's like a North Dakota podcast. We're all about the ND natives and there's five of them on your, your roster between the men's and women's team. So you've got yourself, Hannah Arison, Shelby Frank, Megan Lundstrom, Hunter Lucas. You got to pick one. Who are you going with? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. So Hunter is my roommate. He's in the other room. What? Oh, so, no way. Uh, no way. Get him in here. Can I go get, get him, him on? Yeah. Okay. Just a sec. Dude, and we're not cutting this from the podcast either. This is crazy. He's probably going to yell something weird. <laughs> Hunter! Come here! Hurry! Okay, so our next hot take question for Hunter is going to be how jealous hey, come here. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to disconnect my headphones so you can hear him. Oh, boy. (laughs) What's up? How jealous are you that Mike Haroff is on the North Dakota Prairie Track and Field podcast before you are? Dude, he told me today before I hopped on a class presentation for a final, and I was like, damn, I'm kind of sad. Like, (laughs) they reached out to Mikey before me? (laughs) Yeah. They just asked me me who my favorite – kid from north dakota is that's on the team i felt like um, i had to say you me or hannah or the freshman thrower 
Shelby. Yeah. Did you say me? He said. I me. said I obviously. Yeah. I wrote. Okay. Come on. Okay. There he's, we right, go. he's right next door. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. So. Hey, Hunter, Cot sent me some incredible pictures today that might be making an appearance on the Instagram page in the future. So. Ooh, what are you gonna? There, are, there are well, a couple sneak peek or uh, no. Well, yeah, we can probably do that for you. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Can you see this one? Oh no no no! no, no. <laughs> I think. Oh, oh man, boy. I can't wait. Obviously, the people that can't see it right now. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> but let me tell you, this is for our listeners out there. This is almost Friday material. So. Oh, that's and that's just scratching the surface. That's so. that's Monday material right there. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll we'll feature you in the next glow up post. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, boys. Before we let you guys go, any any words to the listeners out there? Um, no, not really. Run fast, turn left, jump high, jump far. And wait, actually, I have some advice. Okay. Oh, let's hear it. When I was a, a senior, I went to New Balance, and Hunter was there. And I didn't, what were the papers that I needed to sign? Uh, you're an ally, probably. If you go to a meet that's not with your call or your high school, you have to sign an LNI. And I or, didn't. No, it's like a petition. It's yeah, like a petition to, to compete. And I didn't do it. And they almost suspended me for six weeks in my outdoor season my senior year. So no way. the petition if you compete unattached somewhere yeah it's wow. not that hard you just gotta go to like the north dakota uh track and field board and just state your case on why you want to compete outside of the state yeah okay hey well there you have it two legends hunter we'll get you on soon we promise <laughs> perfect but... thank you kind of jealous yeah mikey mikey got on before me kind of sad <laughs> hey don't you worry. Your, t- your time is coming. Your time is coming, especially in that glow up post that we're going to put up pretty soon. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter, maybe if you would have ran faster, we would have got you on sooner. But, hey, you know, just... true. That is very true. I, n- I need to run faster. Hey, well, it's coming. So, boys, great to see you. Thanks for hopping on and good luck with the outdoor season. We'll keep following you and get after it. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. See you guys later. Yeah. Bye. Go, go first.